Luke chapter 2, starting at verse 1. It says, And it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the, all the world should be taxed. That sounds like you love your taxes, don't you? I was expecting a big amen on that one. I'm just... and, and all went to be taxed, everyone into his own city. And Joseph also went up to Galilee, out of the city of Nazareth, into Judea, unto the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was out of the house of the lineage of David, to be taxed with Mary, his espoused wife, being great with child. And so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. There was no room for Jesus. There was no place for his mother. No place for Joseph. They said to him, I'm sorry, but we're too full. We have no place for you. This morning, I want the message to ring very loud and clear. We have a choice to make this morning. Will we be the innkeeper with the message to Jesus? I'm sorry, I'm too full for you. Are we going to leave this place with the message of Jesus? No matter what it costs me. I'm making room for you today. Can we lift our hands over this place? Can we start this message off with just saying, Jesus, I'm going to make room for you right now. God, no matter what it costs me, Lord, I'm making room for you today, Jesus. God, come and dwell, God, in me today, Lord. Dwell in my home today. Dwell in my family today, God. Dwell in this service today, oh God. No matter what needs to go, God, I pray, God, today that this will be a place, God, that is welcoming unto you, God. I pray, God, the doors that you are knocking on today, God, the hearts that you've been knocking on trying to get into I would open up today uh, and say God I'll make room for you today Jesus the things of this world can go as long as I have you that's all that matters that's all that matters in Jesus name everybody said amen as you're being seated won't you shout out making room for Jesus this time of the year we make room for so many things we go through our kids' rooms and begin to remove toys that they no longer play with uh, to make room for what's to come. Or if you have kids in this place, you're probably familiar with the fact that the toys that you get them, they typically play with the cardboard box more than they do the actual toy. We could have saved a lot of money, parents. A lot of money. You know, the back of Walmart, they have cardboard boxes every day. It means you got birthdays covered. Just get them a cardboard box. Maybe Christmas we can get them one of the, the ones that hold refrigerators. And it's a, it's a fort. I saw the other day, this company came up with this idea. They're selling cardboard boxes with the design of the outside of them. And it's basically all it is. It says box fort. And these things are flying off the shelf. My Lord. I thought of that years ago. Why did I not put some design in that thing? My goodness, we could have just we could have had the church built already. My, I mean, 
I, I think people really buying this? Walmart's got you covered every day. Box for it. If you bought that for your child, I apologize. I'm sorry. Not sorry. You still got time to take it back. But we arrange our lives this time of year. We rearrange our living rooms to fit the beautiful Christmas tree. Anybody got your Christmas tree put up? Anybody still going to wait until like the day before and put it up? All the procrastinators stick together. Hallelujah. And then once we get the tree up, we, we arrange the presents to make sure that everything fits just right under the Christmas tree. We move around our dining rooms to accommodate our families for the holiday celebrations. And even when we don't truly have the room for new things or, lar- or a large family, we somehow make room for these things in our life. And the more we bring in, the less room that we have. <laughs> all of you right now, there's some of you in this room that all you have is a pathway through your garage. You can't fit your car in it because of all the things that you needed. We convince ourselves by putting that word, I need this, when down deep we truly know that we just want it. It has nothing to do with the need because if you needed it, it wouldn't be in the box still five years later in your garage. Hallelujah. Hmm. Amen, I'm I'm hitting something there, I feel it. I remember when we first built our house and we walked through it and there was nothing in it, it was just done, and I thought, wow, this is, man, okay, we got plenty of room. This is going to be good. And then we started moving stuff in, and the rooms got smaller. I thought, oh, whoa, wait, hold up, hold up. Like, we really need all of this? Do we? Do we really need this? It's like it's not as big as it once was when there was nothing in it. Now we've got everything cram-packed in there. And, and I, I, I know how you feel when you lift your hand about the garage. Like, I can fit one car in. One car. Not my truck. Maybe, anybody remember the, the Geo Metros? Oh, yeah. All you kids are like, what is that? What is a geo? No, I'm not talking about those things that you go look around for and the geo hunting. Is that what's called geocaching? That's what you're thinking right now, all the kids. But I'm talking about a car that you could fit almost in your pocket. Whip it out when you needed it. But that, that's how we do things in life, that we have room. When, when, you, when you first get something, you have room, and then next thing you know, you're like, where, where did all this stuff come from? Where? I, I had plenty of room. I, I, I know that I had, I, I know I had plenty of room. Now, I know, I don't remember buying that. No, you must have bought that. No, 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 you bought that for sure. All the wives in here that have your husband that has all those tools that they don't even really need because they have like five or six or seven or eight drills, and then they have like 150,000 fishing poles. I knew where the same hands were going to go up. And probably way too many, too many guns that you probably don't really need. I, I know he's not lifting his hand on that one. He's like, never. There's never enough guns. Never enough guns. 
But you know what I'm talking about. You, you didn't really intend to buy that much stuff or bring that much stuff into your home, but for some reason, you find yourself whew, on the brink of being on the show Porters. Uh-huh. And that's why there are some things we need in our homes. We have that time of year where you purge things. What's purge? It means to clear or to gut. Or, I like this one, which we'll apply here in a second. When you begin to purge, it means that you begin to cause something to leave the body. You begin to purge. And there, there, there's these things I want us to look at in Psalms 51, 7, and it's starting here, it says this, that purge me or cleanse me or purify me, sanctify me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. And the psalmist goes on to say in verse 8, it says, make me to hear joy and gladness that the bones which thou hast broken may rejoice. Hide thy face from my sins and blot out mine iniquities. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. He was saying, remove the things that are not of you so I can have room for the things of you. Somebody this morning, I, I, I think probably everyone in this room this morning could probably just take a second and say, God, purge me of the things that are not of you. Purge me of the things that don't please you in my life, God. Purge me of those things that I have a hard time letting go of. God, I, I know, God, it's not pleasing unto you, but I wonder if somebody would just say, God, purge me. God, clean me, cleanse me this morning so I can have some room for you instead of the things of this world. Purge me. Remove these things so I don't replace them within me. So that what, what, what he's doing in this prayer, he's saying making room for God. What, 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 was taking, what was taking place, and I love that song they just did. It was a beautiful song they just sang. But it's so true that it, it's amazing that, have you ever lost something in your life? You ever lost something that you found later on in the back of the closet that was behind all the stuff? Looked for it for years. He said, it's gone. It's gone. So you go out and buy a new one. And then you actually move some stuff around. And you find it. You see what can happen to us in the spiritual walk with God. Is we can do this. Brother Alec, if you come help me. Brother Brooks, you come help me. Brother Jimmy, come help me. I want you to, I want you to stand just right here in front. Just right next to each other. This is a good kid right here. I want you to stand right there. Brother Matt, will you come help me real quick? Will you just kind of just stand right here? You're, you're good right there. Stand, and, and, and let's get, uh, uh, Brother Brian, would you mind helping? I'm glad you're back. Hallelujah. <laughs> Looking sharp in that red shirt. I couldn't pull that off. You look, you look good. You just kind of fill in that gap. <laughs> Tracy agreeing. Brother Sam, I always like using him, the little fellow of the church. If you would just kind of, if you would, Brother Brown, if you come right here, 
Isn't that right there? Brother Sam, right in the middle. All right, I need, I need just a couple more. Oh, Scott, why don't you come help me real quick? I know you love getting up and help me. This is what you get for marrying my sister. Come on, press. I want you to stand right, right there, right next to Jimmy, shoulder to shoulder, turn sideways. Press, I want you right there. There was something when you came into this house today that was the center of attention. And if you notice that the more and more that I kept adding on to the front of this sanctuary, something became harder to see. Something became harder to find. Something that I kept just, I just kept throwing things in, in front of it. And the next thing you know, you know it's there, but you just can't find it. That's how we are in our spiritual walk. We treat our spiritual life as our physical life sometimes. And we just, we throw things in front of Jesus that we cannot even, we know the manger's there. We know he's there. We know the presence of God is there. But we have allowed so many things of this world that God does not approve of into our life. And before we know it, when we need to find him, I can't even get to him. I don't even know where he's at. I know he's back there somewhere in the back of the closet where I tucked him away, but I can't get to him. I'm telling you right now, there's somebody in this place this morning that needs to say, I got to start making room. I got to start moving some stuff out. I got to get back to Jesus. I got to move this stuff out of here because this is what truly matters. And when you remove the stuff, it's clear where he is. Somebody's got to make some room this morning. I know that was a simple analogy, but it, it, it should ring something in your life. You know yourself there are things that you have allowed into your life that has taken place of him, and you can't find him. When's the last time you got in the prayer closet? You forgot where it was at. When's the last time you talked to him? When's the last time you kingdom? When's the last time you worshiped him at home? You can't find him because of all the things in your life. We've allowed things to take over, not us. We have, allowed, we have allowed things to take over the temple of God. You are his temple, and we have allowed things to overshadow him, and we can't find him. I have three major places I want to talk about this morning three major places that had room for Jesus. They had room for him. One of them is the manger. You see, the manger, it was, it was not very nice. Brother Ryan, if you got that picture, I don't know about you. I, I, I mean, I, I worked in the surgery department for a couple years, and I actually got went up to maternity sometimes and would help out the anesthesiologist. I was in the room, and I've had four kids. I'm telling you now, they believe in sterile situations. I'm telling you now, that was not. Uh-uh. There was no doctor scrubbing in for that one. It was stinky. It was, oh, it was horrible. Can you imagine? Anybody got barns? Anybody got animals? You know what I'm talking about? There's a reason when you drive down the road in a backcountry road that someone says this line, mmm, I can smell that fresh. Mm-hmm. That fresh country air ain't so fresh. Whew. 
There's a reason you got that button on your car that has a little arrow going around. That's to circulate the inside air. That's for those backcountry roads where that fresh country air is at. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. You see, the reality is, is this is where he was born. This is where he chose. You say he chose? Absolutely. He was God. He chose this over this. He could have had that. Honestly, if we're real this morning, he deserved that. This is the King of kings, the Lord of lords. He just left his throne room in heaven to come down to be amongst the animals, the filth, when he could have had this right here. But he chose not to. He chose a manger. And it made me think that if, if the original, if the Christmas story would have been written by Hollywood, they would have scripted it just a little different. They would have put him in a room like this, and it would have been the best of the best because in, in their eyes, all they see is he, he's royalty. He calls himself a king, so therefore he deserves the best. Everything would have been lined up just right, and there, 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 there wouldn't have been dirty animals in a stable that they would have traded the messes on the ground for lush carpet, and they would have traded a, a poorly built stable of old wood for a well-built room with all the amenities that they would have needed. And, and Mary's long journey on the back of a donkey would have been traded for a beautiful, beautiful horse. You see, the world cannot stand. understand why a king, especially the one who is called king of kings, uh, that king of kings would ever be born in a nasty, dirty, smelly, broken down stable. They don't understand. They can't wrap their mind around why in the world would he come this way if he calls himself a king. And that's why some did not take him serious because they said if you were king, then you would actually look like a king and act like a king. You're not a king. There's no way you're a king. You were born amongst animals. But let me tell you why he didn't come in a place like this. Let me tell you why he didn't come as royalty. He didn't come in on a big old white beautiful horse. Let me tell you why he wasn't born in a clean room with everything that was spotless and put together. Because he knew that he was coming for a people like you and for me that were dirty and filthy from the sins that we were born into. And the ones who openly invite sin into your life, you understand that he might have not been in a spotless place but he wasn't coming as the spotless, but he was coming as the spotless lamb for the broken. That's why he didn't mind coming in that place because he understood your life was not going to be all together. He understood your life was not going to be clean and pretty and sparkling. He understood that I'm not coming for royalty. I'm not coming for those who have it all together, but I'm coming for those who have spots all over them. I'm coming for those who are, are buried in sin. I'm coming to those who can't break themselves out of things in this world. I'm coming for those who have no room for me. That's who I'm coming for. And that's why it made sense for him to come into a place like a stable. Understand that that manger became his royal temple. It became his royal palace in that moment. It didn't look like one, but because uh, it didn't look like royalty, uh, it was full of a mess, it was dirty, but because he came uh, and he was dwelling in it, uh, it was now worth something. 
To any average person, they would look at that table and say, oh, this is nothing. This is just some broken down table. But when he was born into that place and he began to dwell there in that place, it became worth something. You remember when you were broken down and you had nothing to offer? That sin ran your life and you felt worthless? But do you remember when he came in and he began to dwell in you? That worthless nobody in this world, that sin-filled individual that you were became something. You became royalty because it tells me that his blood is now thrown through my, my veins and I am a child of the king. That means I am of royalty now. I am worth something now. I mean something now because the king showed up and dwelled in this broken old place. He became what I needed. It was worth something now, and that is where the second location that made room for him comes into play. You see, it's the second location that made room for him, and that place that made room for him that really should not have been for him, that it should have been for somebody else. It should have been for uh, uh, Barabbas. It, it should have been for the other person. It should have been for the, for the, the, the thieves. It should have been for somebody else. Uh, but no, uh, it, it wasn't pretty. Trust me. Uh, I'll tell you right now, the cross uh, the cross made room for him. Uh, it, it, was, it wasn't something that anybody else would have picked out. Uh, I guarantee you it's not what Hollywood would have written. Uh, it, it's not. They, they wouldn't have shown on the details of it because it wasn't pretty. Uh, but it was bloody. Uh, it, was, it was brokenness again. Uh, that it, it tells me that, that the Bible tells me that his body was broken. Uh, that they put a crown of thorns uh, on his head. Uh, and to think about this, uh, that, that he went and was had took the cat of nine tails to his back for your healing. Uh, I mean, to think about that, it wasn't a beautiful story. Uh, it wasn't perfect. Uh, it, not, not in the eyes of the world. Uh, but for me, uh, I understand uh, that the cross made room for him. Uh, and he chose, uh, just like he did the manger, he chose the cross uh, for you and me the brokenness the spotless lamb went to take on our sins the sin of the world you got to understand this morning you wouldn't be here this morning if it wasn't for the cross making room for him and the decision that he made to say listen I'm going to go from a broken down stable to an old wooden stable to an old wooden rugged cross and the old wooden stable and the old wooden rugged cross is what's going to make the difference in the lives of those who are broken down and don't have any hope they don't have anything to look forward to he said I'm going to right now do what I gotta do Isaiah 53 and 5 says, but he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities, that the chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. Think about it. He chose the manger. He chose, he chose the cross. He chose that wooden whipping post. He chose that. Sister Tracy, if he wouldn't have chosen that, I'm going to say pretty confident you wouldn't be here today because healing wouldn't be here for us. It was healing that brought you out. 
It was that it was that wooden post that he went to freely and said, do what you got to do. And with every stripe on his back, healing came into our world. Anybody ever been healed by Jesus? If you've ever been healed by Jesus, can you just stand to your feet and can you put your hands together and take a second to just to say thank you? Thank you for making room for my healing. Thank you for choosing the brokenness. Thank you. Because if it wasn't for you, God, I wouldn't be here. He chose you. He chose you. From the manger to the whipping post to the old rugged cross. That second location, that that rugged cross opened up the door to access the third location. You see, that third location today is in this place. That third location dwells within you. Everybody just do this. Your heart. It's your heart. It's your life. It's who you are. And today, you sit here, and it's one thing to hear about the manger, and it's another thing to hear about the cross, and it's, it's another thing to make it a reality in your life. So many people have heard this message throughout the years, but so many people choose not to apply it. There will be some who will hear this message. There will be some who sit on pews all the time, and they're going to hear what he did for them. They're going to hear these things, but when the day comes, he's going to say, you never knew me. You knew of me, but you never let me in. You were too busy filling yourself up with all the things of the world, all the pleasures and all the desires of the world, all the things that make you happy. The Bible says that he stands at the door and knocks. No one. A lot of people don't hear him by choice. You see, there there are people that have the ability to make the decision whether or not to let him in. But a lot of people choose not to let him. And today we're sitting here in our hearts, and there might be some in this room today. You said, Pastor, I, I would love to have him in, but reality is you know, he knows there's no room for him there. There's a lot of people that are like the innkeeper that say, listen, I, 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 you know, I, would, I would love, love to make room for you. I, I, I would love to bring you in. And, but, but there's, you see, it, it's, it's, the, it's tax season. And there's just no room. Right, right now, it would be very, uh, uh, very familiar to us if you tried to go down and get a hotel room, Brother Kidwell. Good luck finding a room in Athens right now on graduation weekend. You know what they're going to tell you when you call and say, can I get a room? They're going to say, I'm sorry, but we're full. We have no room for you. You said, but I have no place to go. 
that's not our problem. You should have came earlier. You should have got here before others did. We have no room for you. And the reality is, is that God every day is knocking on the hearts of individuals, saying, listen, I've got everything you need. I can set you free of those things you've been dealing with for years. There's a lot of things that don't please me. It's in your life. I can bring you hope and peace. He's just knocking on the door of your heart. But so many people say, I would love to have you stay here. But unfortunately, there's just no room for you. There's no vacancy. I want to start wrapping things up today with the story of a young man. Musicians, you can get in place. A young man was going to do a Christmas play. He was so excited. Speaking of Christmas plays, what an amazing job our kids did last week. You see, but this young man was so excited to be in this Christmas play because he wanted to be a part of something. And at school, this young man struggled because he was the one that was on the sidelines when, when they were picking teams and, and they were doing the, you know, this captain, that captain. And he was always the last one that the kids were kind of like, the captain's like, you can take him. No, I don't want him. You can take him. He was always kind of left out and there was really no room for him ever on a team and he would kind of just get tossed on something and they were like, oh, I guess you can be on our team, you know. I guess you can come over here. And this Christmas play came around, and, and, and the lady came to him that was over it, and she said, listen, she said, I, I want you to be in the Christmas play. And he said, oh, great, he's so excited. He said, I want to be a shepherd. She said, no, I've already got the shepherds filled. He said, okay, well, can I be Joseph? I've already got my Joseph, I'm sorry. And the little boy starts feeling it again. He's like, here we go again. Never room for me. He said, fine. Then what do I have to do? And she said, well, I want you to be the innkeeper. He said, the innkeeper? She said, yeah, the innkeeper. When, when Mary and Joseph come to you, you've got to tell them that, that there's no room for them in the inn. He's thinking of all the of all the parts of this play, I, I get to be the innkeeper? And reluctantly, he accepted, whatever. If that's what you want me to do, then fine. I guess I'll just be the innkeeper. And as the play went on, this young man stood there and Mary and Joseph came up and the little boy, angry over the part that he got, opens the door to the inn and Joseph looks at him and he says, I'm here with my wife and we need a place to stay and I want to know, is there some place that we can stay? And the little boy said, what? What do you want? And everyone's kind of shocked like, 
Man, he's really getting into his part. And Joseph, we're, we're, we're just, just seeking lodging, that's all. And, and looking straight ahead, this young boy spoke awkwardly, but very straightforward. And he said, go seek it elsewhere. He said, my inn is filled. And Joseph says, sir, but we have asked in vain and we have traveled so far and we are very weary. And, but again, this little boy looked at him very stern and said, there is no room in this inn for you. Now Joseph was pleading. He said, please, good innkeeper, this is my wife Mary and she is very heavy with child and she needs a place to rest. Surely you must have some corner in your inn for her. She's so tired. And at that point, for the first time, this little innkeeper relaxed his stiff stance and he looked down at Mary and there was a long pause, long enough to make the audience very nervous of what he was going to say next. And he, he was standing there as the lady from the side who was prompting them what their next line was. She said, tell them they need to go. He just stood there and she said, tell them they have to go. And he looked, he said, no, be gone. Go elsewhere. And Joseph sadly placed his arms around Mary and she laid her head on his shoulder and the two of them started to move away. But this young innkeeper didn't follow the script at that point. He didn't go back inside the inn like he was supposed to and like he told, was told to and like the lady on the side was saying, what are you doing? Get in. He just stood there. He stood in the doorway watching this couple. His mouth was open and he had this look of concern on his face and this little boy, tears began to stream down his face. And suddenly that Christmas play became different from all the other Christmas plays. When this little boy yelled out, don't go. Don't go, Joseph. Bring Mary back. And everyone's like, what's he doing? This is not how he said, no. Don't go, Joseph. Bring her back. And as a big smile came on his face, he looked at Joseph. He said, listen to this this morning. He said, you can have my room. You can have my room. You can have my belongings. You can have what, what belongs to me. You can have my soft bed. You can have what you need. I don't care about that anymore. You can have my room. Hear me this morning. God's been knocking on your heart for a long time. And for a long time, we've said, go, go away. Go, go away. It's not convenient to serve you. Go, it's going to cost me something. No, I'm going to have to give up some stuff that I know doesn't please you. I'm going to have to be fully committed to you. Go away. Get out of here. Get away from me. Go, go, go. 
I wonder if somebody this morning, as we all stand across this place, I wonder if somebody would step out this morning and say, oh God, you can have my room. You can have my heart. You can have my life. You can have my family. You can have anything and everything that's mine, God. God, I'm making room for you today. I'm making room for you today, God. You can have my room, God. My body is a temple. It's your temple. It was broken. I was worthless. I had nothing to offer. But when he shows up, you become priceless. You become his. Will somebody today walk to this altar and say, God, God, remove those things that's not of you. God, you can have my room. You can have my heart. Somebody come to this altar and make room for Jesus in your family. Somebody come to this altar and make room for him in your life right now. Come on. I invite everybody in this room. Everybody in this room. Come on. You can't see him. There's some that haven't seen him in a while. You've been blocking him off. Let him in this morning. Let him in this morning. Oh, yes. Come on. I'm making room, Lord. <laughs> 